Logistics is transforming our lives and the way we do business in today's ever-changing economy. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then we'll give you a peek behind the curtains to the topics and people who are driving this exploding industry. You're listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast, produced by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com or join the thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Now, here's our publisher and our host, Eric Kleinsorge. Eric Kleinsorge. Good afternoon and welcome to today's GT Podcast. I want to welcome all of our guests and listeners to today's GT Podcast because today we have a special treat. As the world continues to shrink through advancements of technology, more and more companies are turning to smaller communities to set up their locations. And with logistics taking a strong hold on our economy, these small communities can offer big-time advantages in the distribution of materials and products. We here at GT Podcast Headquarters instantly thought of our guest today as we've known him for more than a decade and have seen him do amazing things for both companies and his community. We're joined today by Mike Running. Mike is the Executive Director for Dumas Economic Development Council. Dumas, Texas is a community that resides in West Texas, just north of Amarillo, and Mike's been instrumental in making Dumas the fourth best micropolitan economy in Texas and 52nd out of 600 cities in the nation. We've asked Mike to join us today to discuss what advantages smaller communities like Dumas can offer and what type of help they can assist with. Mike, welcome to the show. Great to be a part of this. I appreciate you asking me. Yeah. Now, Mike, I'm very familiar with Dumas because my parents often drive to Colorado and Dumas, uh, or they drive to Colorado, and Dumas is their favorite halfway point on the trip. So to put Dumas more on a map for our listeners, you're exactly halfway between Dallas and Denver, aren't you? That is correct, yeah. And that's, that's a pretty huge advantage. Uh, do people really, do they consider that as a, a plus? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, 90% of our sales tax revenues come from that highway rolling through town there. So we, we see a significant amount of folks that uh, stop off and stay the night, fuel up, get some food, shop, and then and, and move on to their vacation spots. Now, what about from a logistics standpoint? It seems like being in between two such major hubs can, can offer a huge benefit. Oh, absolutely. You know, we get upwards of eight, 9,000 trucks per day coming through town. And, and being in, you know, within the proximity of, you know, 20 plus major cities within an eight hour drive, we've definitely caught the attention of several different firms that are involved in logistics and distribution. Yeah. Now, Mike, why don't we start off? Why don't you give me a little bit about your background and, and a little bit about the city of Dumas? Well, I actually spent my entire career involved with local government. Started out in law enforcement, moved up the ranks there, did some investigation stuff, and, and uh, went over to the fire side and was a fire marshal there. Uh, did some more investigations, fire inspections, so I got familiar with codes. And then I transitioned into a city manager position where I took on a lot more responsibilities and got a bigger understanding. So. I think with those experiences behind me, I understand all the nuances and the specifics of what it takes to, to work with local governments, which is a benefit to the companies that we represent and work with. I understand, you know, business has a, has a total different pace of trying to get things done. It's, it's more rapid. And so having the experiences that I have, it, it allows me to 
circumvent a lot of those processes and, and, and issues that come up with local government to make things happen. So that, that's all has been a benefit. And the other thing is, you know, I'm, I'm a very analytical thinker as a result and very process-oriented. So that, that all helps me put things together. got that creative sense that gets me to think outside the box and come up with solutions in real time for these guys. So that all helps. That's great. Yeah. Now, Mike, a little fun fact our listeners would really appreciate is you were actually selected to carry the 2002 Winter Olympic torch. Was that just amazing? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was uh, one of one of the highlights and quite an honor. Uh, I was nominated for things that I did while in law enforcement, where I I'd, uh, tracked down a missing girl and, and put together a group um, called Students Against Violence Everywhere. And so I got some recognition for all that, all those efforts, and was able to go to Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I was able to carry the Olympic torch. Um, so yeah, that was an extremely uh, wonderful honor. I still have the torch here in my office. No, oh, that's great. So. You know, I've talked a lot with big cities, I've talked with medium-sized cities, and I've talked with small cities. Why don't you give our readers or our listeners a little bit of a perspective about Dumas? Tell us a little bit about Dumas as a city itself. Well, you know, we are a small city. Uh, Immediate area population, only 23,000 people. But we are the only small town in this region that has demonstrated continuous growth over the past 10 years. We have a a major four-lane highway, US-287 and US-87, that goes through town, uh, heads to the north, and uh, 287 goes to the north into Colorado, Oklahoma, and up in that area, and then connects with uh, Interstate uh, 25. And then we have uh, US-87 that breaks off to the uh, west and also connects with uh, Interstate 25. So we see over 18,000 vehicles per day, very busy highway. The community itself is very conservative, very hardworking, uh, has a strong, strong community spirit. They call that uh, the panhandle spirit, and that what makes it unique is that, you know, people here are willing to step up and help. They're willing to get involved. They're willing, you know, to get involved with any cause. Uh, they're very philanthropic. So it's a very wonderful community to work for. I have an excellent board of directors of uh, highly experienced business people. Got a good supportive city commission. We've had that for many years. We've uh, been able to, as a community, put together an extremely wonderful award-winning hospital, some parks, uh, an incredible airport, um, a local college. Uh, All these efforts uh, have all been uh, fantastic improvements for the community. So, you know, in a nutshell, I know everybody says our our, our little town is the best, but, you know, we've got numbers to prove that we're we're pretty dang close, if not the best. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So... Mike, I've, like I said, I've known you for over a decade, and I've seen you do some amazing things with the community, and I've seen, you, I've seen you at work at trade shows, and I've seen you at work on the phone with prospective companies and the way that you talk with them and help them. And when you talk to some larger cities, you, you kind of see some barriers that are put in place and hurdles that you have to jump and unavoidable hoops that you got to turn through. But I've always seen you kind of be out of the box thinking how to make this project happen and and putting together the steps to make those projects happen. So kind of dive into what are some of the things companies want to consider as advantages when considering a smaller community like yours? Well, I think first and foremost, it's not typically the, uh, the first choice. You know, oftentimes if, if we're looking at some uh, leads that roll in, we'll screen those and determine if it's going to be a good fit here or not. I mean, obviously, we're not going to go pursue 
a business that really, you know, we don't have the uh, skilled labor that they need or we don't have the quantity of, of workforce that they need, um, you know, or, or, or even on the other end, if it's a, if it's a uh, project that we deem to be harmful to what we're trying to achieve here, you know, extreme large water consumption is something that we're very cognizant of. So those kind of things. So we, we, we filter through those aspects. But by and large, the most common questions that we are receiving involve workforce availability. You know, I think that's their first impression is you're in a small city with limited workforce. So that's, we have to really step up and demonstrate that, we, look, we, we are in a workforce region of 200,000 people. And so we've got access to people that are willing, you know, to drive 40, 50, 60 miles for a job because they can do that in 30 to 45 minutes out here, which is sometimes much better than the drive time in in urban areas. You know, the other thing is being in a small community provides us with an advantage to quickly work through solutions on their behalf. There's very little red tape. There's less intermediary people and departments to have to navigate. Our EDC group can be the most effective one-stop shop representing new companies because we know all the players involved with each aspect of a project. And that allows us to get the answers and information in a very short period of time. And I think a lot of these companies and their uh, decision makers really love that aspect, that they can get answers in real time and not have to wait. Uh, oftentimes, I already know the answer, so I can answer you know, on behalf of, of the city or, or county or other departments here without having to reach out to somebody. So chances are we know people that work for and with them. And you know, the last thing we want is, is this new company that's going to be our friend and neighbor to go through, you know, periods of doubt with uh, issues here. And so we do go the extra mile and think outside the box. And, you know, internally, I tell everybody in the office, we never say no. Yeah, and I, and I would think the sheer cost of doing business um, is a huge advantage. It is. You know, in, you, know you take, take, for example, our area, we've got uh, very low taxes in, in comparison to, to most locations around the country. We've got, you know, we don't have the, the payroll taxes that, that uh, you find in other states. But specifically, you know, land costs is, are very reasonable here. We don't have, you know, impact fees and, and all those other fees that other communities typically put together. I worry about saying this, but basically we don't have regulations that are prohibitive to companies. And, and that's a shocker to some folks. They, you know, if you, if you build outside the city limits, just outside of Dumas, there's, you know, there's only state regulations that you have to follow. There's no local codes to speak of. So, and that's kind of a shocker to a lot of these companies. So that, there's a lot of cost-saving measures that we have just by being in a, in a more uh, rural and, and smaller community. Yeah, you know, as I've traveled across the country and, and visited a lot of smaller towns, you know, it kind of seems like some have identified a personality for themselves, whether or not it's a specific industry, you know, or a raw material that they're providing that boosts an industry. Uh, talk about Dumas. Are there any key industries that you find very suitable for Dumas? You know what's great is um, we've got we, we are a diverse community for a community of our size. We have a very large agricultural agribusiness sector that encompasses feed, seed, dairy, beef, and cattle, and you know several different. Um, you know we're one of the largest producing sorghum locations. Corn production is huge. Uh, cotton, so we have a lot of raw material materials that are that are grown here. 
And then what that does is it creates additional opportunities for a lot of those agribusiness services that come in. And so you have a lot of innovative uh, equipment type companies that come in to, to help out with the farming or the, uh, you know, the cheese plant located to the west, the beef processing plant to the north. And so all of these companies require additional service companies that really help and boost our economy. But the other side of it is the energy sector, which is very huge in our area. A lot of oil, natural gas, chemicals. Uh, we've got a large refinery located here. So then you've got that. So when you've got both of those industry sectors, one can be down and the other one is up, or one is up and the other one's down, or both can be up. But typically we never see both of them down at, this, uh, at the same time. So that's always been a, a benefit to our economy. And those produce highly skilled, good-paying jobs. Um, and so we usually tie into anything or any company that could benefit from that sector, whether it's, you know, somebody that needs sulfur or from the refinery or we've got a carbon black plant. And if we're looking for a plastics company, uh, we've got carbon that we can provide to them and, and, you know, so on and so forth. So we always look for those connections on the, on the type of businesses that we go after. And then we're always shooting for that uh, setting up a new industry sector based on the assets that we have. You know, we've got a wonderful airport with this. It's one of the only GSA airports uh, in the state that is actually revenue generating. It's not losing money. We have a lot of traffic that comes through here. You know, you talk about the highway being midway point. Our airport is the midway point from from the east to the west. And so a lot of these jets, small jets come in here and, and we've got the lowest jet fuel prices around. And and so we see opportunities there with the MROs, uh, maintenance, repair, and overhaul companies to, to locate here. So we're always looking for that, you know, that extra effort uh, within industry sectors. Wind and solar, solar is starting to pick up. Uh, wind is about to pick up with a large project. Uh, we've already got, uh, you know, 120 megawatts in our county alone of wind energy. Uh, we've got some people kicking tires on some small solar projects right now. Um, so that's why I say energy is a big deal. Yeah, refresh me. I, I, I visited out there a couple of years ago, and we talked with one of the CEOs of a company or presidents of the company. who was a really high person. And was that an advantage for the plastics industry? Well, you know, we look at all the industry trends, and right now things may change uh, as we see what's, what some of our president's uh, decisions are going to be on tariffs and things of that nature. And if, and if things go the way we believe they will, that'll open that up even more for us. But yeah, having the carbon black plant there, you know, a side note of this, they have a, a few carbon black plants in the country and they mothballed all of them except for ours back when we had the Great Recession. And the reason they wanted ours to remain open is they knew that they could not replace the workers that they had at this facility. They said that the, the employees that worked here were second, third generation people at the plant and they felt like if they mothballed it, they would never get those people back. And so they kept it open, and they did a lot of servicing around the facility just to maintain that employment uh, staff. And so that was kind of a neat deal. But the plastics industry right now has been purchasing the bulk of their carbon from, from Asia and uh, because it's a lower cost. What we did is we looked at ways to how can we bring this cost down and, and uh, you know, and if because there's rail out in that area, we could put a rail line between that facility and a plastics facility, and any materials that were in rail cars between the two facilities would be considered in transit, which re- remove you know the inventory taxes that these folks would have to pay. And when you looked at the logistics of it and the, and the inventory tax savings and the other incentive values that that were revolve around Texas and and our local area, 
we showed that we could beat the pricing out of Asia. And so at that time, we did have a couple of interested companies looking at it. Yeah, so if you're a listener out there and are in the plastics industry or can take advantage of that raw material, I've been out there. It's a tremendous opportunity of um, when you put it down on paper and the cost savings, it's really it really makes a lot of sense. But Mike, why don't you do this? Why don't you, you you've had some success stories and landing some companies recently and over your tenure. Why don't you take us through the process? Kind of paint a picture for our listeners of the steps that that company went to. So take them from the first engagement, how they got in contact with you, all the way to them opening their doors and starting their business in Dumas. Yeah, you bet. You know, I I grew up, I had a grandfather that I used to hang out with all the time. If my family was going to go out of town for one thing or another, I'd always choose to stay with him and go fishing. And we used to drive around, and I don't know how many places we'd stop, and we'd go stop in and talk to folks, and the minute he'd walk up, you know, you have a group of guys in a garage or something yelling, hey, Arnie. The one thing he told me is uh, you can never have enough friends, and I've always taken that to heart and utilized that in everything I do. And so that's really the very, very first step, maintaining a good network of people, staying in contact with them, even if they're not looking to do projects in my area. I always try to follow up and see how things are going, and and a lot, oftentimes when you do that, then if an opportunity that they're aware of comes to their mind, they'll typically they'll think of me and they'll give me a call. So that a lot of times that is something that helps out a lot in initiating uh, opportunity. So you know, if I, I can think of a couple of really good examples, I think that we can walk through. And, and I think the first is our um, our recent successful landing of a uh, pet food and human supplement company. Um, they're an e-commerce uh, distribution company meaning that, uh, you know, by anything that they sell out of our Dumas uh, warehouse into the state of Texas, the city of Dumas collects all the sales tax dollars off that. So it's a pretty substantial uh, project for us. What we did is, uh, well, we subscribed to to the uh, Weeda Lighthouse campaign a few years ago, and that's where you all helped us send out monthly blogs pertaining to various topics in in various industries and uh, in hopes of identifying some leads. After quite a while of that going out, uh, we received a phone call from this company inquiring about our location. After I'd learned where they were headquartered and and other locations that they were located in, I told them that uh, you know this is a totally different landscape out here. I just you know I wanted them to be I wanted to be upfront about it, and I told them I said it's. Um, you know, you come out here and, and look out and, and you can watch your dog run away for three weeks or actually see the back of your head if you get up on a stool. Uh, it's pretty flat. There's, you know, there's not a lot of trees. Uh, there's some rolling hills here and there, but for the most part, it's it's pretty flat. And uh, I told them, I said, I would offer, I, I, I pr- will offer to fly you out here. Take a look at it for yourself. Uh, and if you don't feel it, so to speak, we, would, uh, we wouldn't have any hard feelings. They took me up on the offer. We, we, we flew them out here. Um, they stayed for a couple of days. We showed them the area, met some pe- com- people in the community, talked about the amenities. We introduced them to uh, folks that could help them out, that could benefit them. We even found a couple of folks that we felt like would be good uh, employees for them to just visit with and uh, get to know. What they did is they pretty much said, you know, besides the location being optimal for what they were trying to do, they really liked what they saw. They loved our transparency, and uh, they liked what we had to offer them, which was listening to them and understanding their needs. We put together a uh, three-phase incentive offer, basically 
saying that our incentive will help you at your varying uh, stages of growth here. And I think what they really appreciated is that we understood their needs and their worries and their fears, and then we accommodated that through, through this multi-phase uh, incentive offer. When we sat down later, I asked them, I said, you know, what was the, you know, what was the deal on, on identifying us? And they said, well, it was one of our vice presidents saw that email come across, looked at it, and at that particular time, they, had, they were focused in on two locations, one to our uh, northwest and, and, and one to our uh, south, trying to put together a location that would meet the needs of this particular one- and two-day shipping range. And uh, when they stuck the needle on our, on our city, they said it fit absolutely perfectly. It uh, didn't overlap with any of their other facilities, um, unlike the other two locations. So that's, as, as a distribution company, it was really interesting to learn, you know, kind of how they narrow in and, and look at optimal locations for that. And, and, I, and I'm sure there's hundreds of out, uh, other companies out there that, would, that do it similar and uh, that just don't know about us. They're not aware of us. Yeah, and I think that's key. I mean, the, the biggest thing I've seen, I started our company 25 years ago, and what I've seen is lack of interest in an area is typically lack of education. And I think the right. more someone becomes educated about a particular area, the more interested they become. And I, I feel that that's so important. So if, if you're a listener out there and you are looking to expand or relocate, talk with the communities that are on your short list and, and make sure you visit. Uh, because there's more than just the numbers. It's the people. It's the transparency that you're talking about. And it's really getting a feel for what the vibe of that community is and how it's going to relate to your business. And more importantly, how your employees are going to work and, and live on a day-to-day -day basis. And you really can't just do that through crunching numbers and evaluating reports without actually putting your feet on the dirt and seeing what a community is like. And, and I know that on the community side, it's equal. They want to be able to meet the person and find out more about the company to make sure it's going to make a positive impact in their economy. So I really believe those types of meetings are important, and I'm really glad that that project came through for you guys. It's really a testament to, to the way you do business there in Dumas. Well, you know, and I think you hit it right on the head. You know, we as economic developers, uh, we're, there's only so much we can accomplish sitting in our desk looking at a computer screen and uh, responding to leads. You know, there's a, you, we've really got to get up and get out there. And, and hopefully most EDCs have a very understanding community that they represent. They're not getting too criticized for traveling and, and going around because... You know, I've, I've, you and I have visited about this many times. I, I, I try to find more excuses not to not to get out of town than I do to actually get out of town because it's not. It is work. It's and it takes a lot of effort and it's exhausting and it pulls you away from your family. So there's it's, it's not romantic like like community members might think it is. And so, you know, for us, you know, particularly let's look at this company, the pet food company. You know, going over there and visiting them and going through their facility and watching them in the process that they do it all and and you know that that brings up and evokes new ideas and new thoughts to help you think out the, outside the box to help them out that they might not have thought about. And, you know, and I look at me and our EDC, and when I'm talking to somebody that is just engrossed and, and impressed and, and is just asking questions and, and looking at everything that we do, that makes me feel very big, makes me feel good. And uh, so you flip that around, and these, these guys that represent and girls that represent their companies, 
they take it to heart, and it means a lot to them. And so for, for us to demonstrate that we're, we're interested and uh, engaged uh, with them, I think that really piques their enthusiasm to, to see what more they can do. So that, that relationship, you end up learning some things. You know, this company, we learned that, you know, the, the materials, they sub out the, the manufacturing of a lot of their products, and the company that they're working with is landing some very large, much larger clients, and so they're feeling the squeeze, and so they are now, uh, one of our added phases to their incentive project is to work with them on establishing manufacturing and packaging uh, here in Dumas, and so... It's actually this one distribution project is actually leading to something much bigger. So that's great. Interested it? No. Yeah, to get out there and, and meet them and, and get to know them. Yeah. So Mike, wrapping up. If one of our listeners are out there and they're they're considering uh, an expansion or location and wanted to get in in contact with you, what's some of the information that you could help them gather and put together? Well, I think oftentimes when they reach out to us, if a company reaches out to us, they've already taken a look at it and they see some positives, some things that can help them out that, that uh, either save them money or help them make money. So they, they've probably done a sizable amount of due diligence on examining the area before they've reached out to us. But there's a lot of things as a smaller community, and, and I need to stress this, as a smaller community with industry, the census, when you get up there and look at some of that data, they don't collect information on industry in smaller areas like they do in metropolitan areas. So you may subscribe to a service that'll give you all sorts of demographic information, industry information, workforce information, but there's some missing holes in when, when you're looking at smaller areas like ours. So for example, you won't be able to find out what all the industry that's located out here, the number of workers, the type of job skills, that kind of stuff. And, and it's just one of those things that the government does not track for rural communities. So there's, there's a lot of missing holes, and I encourage people just to reach out to ask more about what's in the community. I can, you, you can pull up Dumas, and you probably won't see much that talks about the, uh, you know, the world's largest rail car park is located here. It can accommodate over 10,000 rail cars 24-7 and has a direct connect to Burlington Northern's main line. And they build trains for Burlington Northern. So having rail access, they, you know, they've got a 1,200-acre uh, uh, industrial rail park that we partnered with them on, on developing. And, and trying to get the word out about that, we found that many companies had no idea. In fact, people in the community had no idea that thing was located north of town. So there's a lot of assets that we have that you wouldn't typically find as you're doing your searches, web-based search on location. So if people are considering a location... You know, they can get a hold of me, and I'll give you that information in a minute, but what they can expect is an extremely confidential conversation and a team that will run down every bit of information that they'll need to make a good decision. And, and if at the end of the day they don't see what they need, uh, we don't hold it against them. Um, we, we run every lead and opportunity as aggressively as we can. If we believe that uh, some of the things that they're asking we can't achieve in a timeline that they need, we'll tell them that up front. We, we know people. We know the industry leaders here. That's what's helped us land more projects. Having first contact with uh, you know, the primary folks with the refinery has helped us land a large engineering firm here, uh, highly skilled, highly paid jobs. They're looking at, at upwards of 40 over time, and, and they'll be representing the, the petroleum industry in this region out of Dumas. And, uh, and so we'll fly them up here, have them come up, take a look. 
are at our expense. We can uh, easily represent them at industry trade shows. You know, that's some of the outside-the-box stuff we do. We we talk to their marketing folks and partner with them and say, look, we can we can go to industry trade shows. We can share booth space, save you guys some money. We'll, we'll get the word out about what you can do. We'll network your company and what you can do with connections that we have. And, um, and that's what we did for the uh, pet food company, and that's one of the reasons why they wish to expand here because we do go the extra mile. But, yeah, I can be reached at Mike at DumasCDC.org or call me here at 806-934-3332. Our website is dumasedc.org. Um, you can find a lot of information on there. We've got a lot to offer. We've got wonderful transportation, uh, four-lane highways. We've got the you know airport for aviation. We're you know close to Amarillo, so you got uh, a lot of the other bigger city amenities, and then you've got the nice small town living here, where everybody's going to care for you and help you get involved and. Nobody's a stranger, you know. We yeah, drive by each other. Awesome. We actually, actually wave with more than one finger. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And Mike, why don't you share uh, with the listeners your website one more time? Because I know you have a phenomenal website. Yeah, it is DumasEDC.org. Awesome, Mike. Thank you so much today for spending some time with uh, us and our listeners. We've always appreciated um, our partnership with you. You've been a great partner, and we, we hope we return the favor and being great partners back with you. And, and I hope you'll join us again in another podcast coming up soon. You bet. I appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks. You've been listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast. We want to thank all of our astute readers of Global Trade Magazine and thank all of our great advertisers that help make this possible. Remember, you can subscribe and find all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Logistically Speaking. And don't forget, globaltrademag.com's daily news and information is ranked number one by Google.